0: Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website.
1: Hey, guys, why don't we eat?
2: Hey, dear, don't cause the boss. I'll have your spam. I love it. I'm in spam, spam, spam. Life. Cold lights, cold lights, cold lights. If I'm fancy, pint. suit you, sir. Spam, 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 spam. Bake beans, spam, 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 and spam. I said I don't
0: want any damn vegetables. Lentils are really good, you
2: know.
3: Mmm, forbidden doughnut.
0: Time for the food. Food's ready. Coming to the table, yeah. Oh no, we'll, we'll eat in the kitchen. That's okay, because we're sort of we're, we're a bit laid back today, aren't we, Matt? Very, yeah, not yeah. not intentionally. We're just so. we're sitting on the stools in the kitchen. We're not yeah. in the dining room nah. today.
1: Um, but we're, uh, we're both feeling a little flat for various reasons. Yeah, I got boosted yesterday. You got boosted. That's why I'm feeling a bit. Oh, oh, ooh, this is ooh. up and down. So I've got my coffee in hand. Thank you, Cam. For about, yes. I haven't started on my croissant yet. You haven't touched your croissant. No. <laughs> Are
0: you to feeling alright? You barely touched your croissant. No, you haven't touched your croissant. Uh, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. We've got uh, this. This is the mm. final edit for this year. Yes. <laughs> Just looking back on. This for 2021. Wow, Ooh, yes. that was something, wasn't it? Uh, thank you, scientists. Uh, good luck, Dr. Crystal in London. Yes. I have a joke for you, Dr. Crystal. What's miserable and eats fish and chips? Half of London. Hey. 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 <laughs> Boom. Probably
1: more so currently, given the situation over there in... And- the leadership they have over there. Anyway, we're not going to descend into politics don't or No, we're going to talk about food. Well,
0: this is one of the few times that I say to you, don't <laughs> go there with the politics because usually... Put the soapbox back in the corner, Matt. Yes, come on. Back you go, back you go. Um, interesting show today. We yes. have um, what I think uh, two great books for Christmas. Um, I'll go for the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is called Beggar's Belief. Mm-hmm. A beautiful hard book. Back-covered tome? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. And it is published by, is it Melbourne University Press? Melbourne Books. Mm -hmm. Melbourne Books. Lovely, small um, uh, publisher. Mm -hmm. Stories from Gerald's Bar. And those of you that haven't been lucky enough to go to Gerald's Bar in Raftown Street, North Carlton, I feel it is Melbourne's greatest bar because it is the most beautiful curated space, mm-hmm. eh? It's why It's a space that it was allowed to develop, and this this book is a, is sort of this book of miscellany and and stories that refer to the props that are around mm-hmm. this fabulous bar. What makes the bar great? Well, Gerald Gerald Diffy, because he is probably the greatest, one of the greatest hosts in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, great food. And um, a very quirky, interesting book. So look out for it. Beggar's Belief, it's called. Um, and this would be one of those. These are the books that I'm thinking, two of these, mm-hmm. are for Boxing Day. Where you just, when you... you've just you got all the stress behind you. Uh-huh. You don't have to do anything. You're lying on the couch. <laughs> you've got leftovers in the fridge. Leftovers in the fridge. You've got the cricket on, if you're into that sort of mm-hmm. thing. Um, but the size of these books makes them sit beautifully on they're snackable on the lap mm. or on the stomach if you're lying. So that's that's one. And we'll be talking. I'll be talking with Gerald um, during January in situ. Mm-hmm. Um, Are you going to go out there? Yeah, I'm yeah. going to go out there, and and we'll point to things. And but if you haven't been to Gerald's bar, I pity you.
1: You're pitying me. I haven't been there. Yes, I am. I'm looking at you. Yes, you pity. are. You're just his pity. thinly veiled pity sneering,
0: in your eyes. sneering pity, like Mister T. <laughs> Never been compared to Mister T before. There you go. And then coming up, um, yes. our first guest for the uh, uh, for the uh, afternoon show is a is a wonderful chef, a man who uh, I've known for many years and used to do broadcasts with Rochelle Hunt oh, uh, well. on this station, Anthony yes. Telford. Mm. Um, what was that show called, In the Long Grass? I don't know. No, oh, okay. I think it was. Anyway, we'll ask um, Anthony about that. Uh, and it's called The Kitchen Think. The Kitchen Think. And it's sort of a, a a smallish encyclopedia of food.
1: It's got a very cool little cover where you've got an image of a brain inside a whisk. Yes. It's cool. And it's just got
0: lots of little... It's an, it's alphabetically arranged. Yes, and you could say it's a collection of handy hits. A dictionary of weird and wonderful foodstuffs. Yes. And a quick reference, and this is again the book to have on your lap while you're sort of looking. You've, oh, you've already gone through the fridge and dragged a plate out. and yeah. everything's great. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's eleven thirty. I'm going to have a beer or a hopefully, glass of wine. I was say, hopefully, there's a good bottle of wine left
1: over from the day before.
0: Yeah. So there you go. We're going to talk to Anthony soon. We're going to do last market report uh, yes. of the year very very shortly, and uh, and then to finish us off. To take us out of here for the year, mm. who else but the redoubtable Sebastian Rayborn, yes. who will be uh, musing about? Uh, well, he's going to go all Dickensian on us and think about has past <laughs> yes. and how what we drank. So he said he's got. Uh, uh, we've had a very minimal briefing today. Yes, you, you mentioned he's got a very. He's got a he very. Was, he was kind of busy. He's just run a marathon the other day. He did. Um, but I said, Seb, I know and love you." Just can trust you, mm-hmm. he said, "I've got two weird things and one proper thing." So that's what will happen at the end, and uh, we've got some music for you, which yeah. is good. Uh, yes, and all good. So, looking back on the week, Matt, yes, a um, couple things that were just amazing for me. One was. Um, as you can tell, I was pretty excited by getting to Gerald's Bar this week. Yes, um, with oh, it seemed like with the family. My God, it was like you know the the food family were well, all we're,
1: there. We were sort of talking about the Melbourne food media family. This is a little bit inward looking, dear listeners. It so is. So it is a us. bit navel
0: gazing, but, but they are some really good humans. That and are. I haven't seen a lot of them for ages. Yeah. Like um, Hard Case Harden was there. Yep. I uh, haven't seen him since my birthday in June. Yep. It was uh, like a long time ago. Uh, yeah, great to, great to see him. Um, oh, look, I'm just going to be name dropping, but it was just <laughs> great to be hanging out mm-hmm. with the really good people of this, the the food scene. Yeah. like, Well, I will say Katarina was there, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. I love from yes. Katarina's. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody was just able to exhale, I think. And also, the the great thing was to be able to just breathe out and be with people again in what is the most comfy bar, mm-hmm. one of the most comfy bars in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. I have to give the Lincoln a bloody shout out to. Yeah, well, he, I love he, Lincoln. He, he was there too, and he's hysterical. <laughs> he's hysterical. He, I, I've, he I've cracked found... me up because I said something about who are you, or something. He, he went, "I'm Batman." <laughs> So quickly. Anyway, I I was thinking the mood
1: this week, you know, obviously I think we're all a little bit nervous looking overseas and seeing some of the news and even seeing some news from interstate. (laughs) And, you know, where I'm at this week, I'm like, you know what, I don't know what's going to happen, but whatever's going to happen probably won't happen for a few weeks. So let's just bloody enjoy what we've got right now. And if that means going out, having a meal, having a drink with friends, get on out there and do it because who knows what we're going to be doing in February,
0: March, April, July. Stop it, stop it, stop it. But, you know, you're right. We've got a two-week lead-in time. Perhaps maybe think about wearing your masks while while you're out. Don't be scared of the masks, please. Hey, you were out during the week. I was. um, And I was lucky enough to experience Melbourne's greatest dining room. I would agree it's Melbourne's greatest dining room. And
1: we're talking, of course, of...
0: Gimlet. Uh, uh, I'd have to say, yeah, it's the flagship, isn't it, of, of Andrew good. McConnell's empire? It is now, yes. It is. I mean, Cutler and Co. must be spewing, <laughs> having to pay second fiddle. Uh, but it is possibly the best dining room in Melbourne. And the thing that I love about this dining room is you could be pretty much in just about any epoch mm-hmm. of the 20th century mm-hmm. in that dining room. Yes. And be comfy. Is it from the 30s? Is it the 40s? Is it the 50s? You know what I'm saying. Yep. It is completely timeless. There is nothing faddish about that room. No, it could stay the same way for 50 years and uh-huh. still look still look good. And in a really really weird way, if you look up the history of Melbourne mm. um, on the um, on the site where the Target building is in Burke Street,
1: It's actually you- not Target anymore? Changed over lockdown. What? It's Kmart, believe it or not.
0: Okay, well, there you go. Yes. Okay. I'll remember to adjust my my whatever, (laughs) my iPad. Update your Rolodex. Thank you. (laughs) But before that, stores were there during the 19th century, uh, it was the Café de Paris. Mm -hmm. And it was probably one of Melbourne's most fabulous dining rooms. Yes. Spears and Ponds, Mrs. Spears and Ponds. Uh, owned it, and they were responsible for bringing the um, the English cricket team over to yeah, Australia. But yeah. um, but it's weird. It's sort of like because it was sort of this rectangular room, you can see it. And you know. anyway, if you've got the money, it isn't. Yeah, it's not the cheapest experience, and and you can be ferociously upsold. My God, <laughs> my yeah. God, you've got to have your wits about you in that yes. place. Yeah, but um, I was lucky enough to be a guest. And uh, Fiona Brooke, thank you so much for the invitation uh, to go there. I, I sort of crashed her Christmas party. Oh, good work. So I was very, very fortunate. And uh, But, yeah, Gimlet, I think, the finest food. Again, nothing faddish. There's no. nothing about it. It's, it's just timeless. timeless. I, I, you know, maybe we'll, in 10
1: years' time, be eating our words as, as trends change. But, yeah, bloody love it. Um, But it isn't trendy No
0: That's that's sort of the point about the place Mm. And it's weird that that rectangular aspect Means that it is one of the most If you're a bit of a voyeur and you like to watch people. It's a having a great people-watching spot. And if you want to watch the, the privileged enjoying their privileges, probably, <laughs> <laughs> yes, what a place to go. Because I remember looking down and going, oh, wow,
1: they're pouring Krug down there. Last time I was there, without a word of a lie, Ted Bailey mm. was there, and he was on a worse table than I was. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there you go. I booked earlier than you, Bailey. Yeah. And actually, I saw a bottle of Chateau Chem going out there. And if you don't know what that is, let's see. if you have a Saturn, that is the premier grand Cru. It's like seeing a unicorn and I think it was like $200 for a little pour, uh, which we said, no, it looks great. But someone, the Psalms, heard me go, oh my God, it's Shadowy Kim. And she came and showed it to us, which was lovely. We went, oh, yeah, Shadowy Kim. Merry uh, Christmas to our listeners. Merry Christmas. 12, 13. <laughs> um. We'll talk about these books again, mm. but we're going to be back with uh, the author of one of them, uh, Anthony Telford, the author of The Kitchen Think. Write it down because it's been self-published and this worthy tome where well, you need to go to the website to order it. But I think also it's available on e-reader. But mm. Anthony will tell us about that after this.
3: Triple. Ah. Uh.
0: Yeah, that's right. At twelve fifteen, here at three triple R F M, we're doing the last edit for the year. I've got Matt here. We're very, very happy to have you join us, dear listeners. Thank you so much, and um, and we're here to inspire you to uh, to maybe think about uh, a fabulous Christmas present by. Well, an old friend of the R's, and we uh, we're bringing him back to let's get the band back together again because Anthony Telford is on the line from Steak and Kidney. G'day, buddy. How you doing?
3: I'm oh, very well, thank you.
0: How, how's very life well. in Steak and Kidney?
3: Better than Melbourne, from what I've heard. Really? Why? I don't want to rub that in. Yeah. Oh, well, just you know, for everything that's gone down with lockdowns, etc. Ah! you know, it's uh, yeah. You know, I don't want to bang on about that, but yeah, you know, I'm not going to
0: complain. We all got to learn how to play the mandolin and the lute, and I know uh, high Portuguese.
3: Well, yeah, look, if you're into silver linings, that's the only way you can come at this. That's and, right. Uh, that's right. That's that's what I did.
0: Yeah. No, we, we have um, we have had more lockdown than you guys have, and uh, you guys have been so fortunate uh, to escape the, the major lockdowns that we have, but... Uh, Oh, who knows? Everything is in flux again. And uh, if there's one thing that we know about this thing is that everything changes and is up in the air and there don't, doesn't seem to be any rules. But you used your time wisely, Grasshopper, while doing this. And uh, during lockdown, you, um, you decided to, uh, seeing that you had to leave hospitality, which is your great love, you wrote a book.
3: Yes, well, in line with hospitality in a sense. I left one part and, yes. you know, ventured further afield into pen and paper, if you will. And, um, you went deeper. Exactly. Went within, mm. internalised what I've learnt over 35 years of being in the industry and weighed up where where the, you know, the, the written word was and what was out there and what was needed and came up with the kitchen think, that's T-H-I-N-K, not Kitchen sink. We got it. Got um, it. Nice pun. And um, and and put this little book together, so uh, like a, a really quick reference uh, compendium of helpful information. I think my really uh, good friend and PR lady, who's based in Melbourne, mm-hmm. Nicola Archer, um, she did the math. I'm not that great at it, but she did the math and came up with some 600 tips, hints, ideas, references within the book I'm like wow that's impressive I'm impressed
0: Well, did she get out the abacus and just count them all
3: she must have done something she yeah. she read word for word jotted it all down made the notes did the numbers crunched oh, yeah. them all and and threw a number at me and um as i said I'm like wow can you hit impressive. us with that
0: number again so what's that the was number
3: 600 hints tips references points of interest um and then suggested that I go and, um, put that in on camera, like, uh, start, maybe join Skillshare and and share that knowledge, but in, in front of a camera. So I've started to do that oh, wow. of that on, on my Instagram page. Actually, I'm starting to put some little pieces together of information, tips, hints and tips on, on the Instagram page.
0: Oh, what's your Insta while, while would you oh, have?
3: Anthony Telford.
0: There you, see, you go. Matt's just writing that down. I think he's, there. No, yeah, there he is. He's, he's writing that one down. Um, and, uh. Also, just uh, it's just look back before we look forward, or the, to the present, just to say uh, and acknowledge the fact that you were uh, very much part of the Triple R alumni, and it's great to have you. you used to be uh, on with Rochelle
3: in what was the name of her show? Long Grass. Oh, uh, what was her show name? I, I we did a segment called I think we just called it Chewing the Fat because that's what oh, yeah. we did every Monday morning for th- yes. uh, you know for three years I I did that with Rochelle.
0: Yeah, God bless and, her. And uh,
3: we we she did went on to great great things. Um, yeah, well, it's I mean, good to have
0: a- it's good to have you back too. So um, this book, um, I have to say. Uh, It reminds me of one of my favorite um, tomes of all, which was an encyclopedia of food that was written, I think, around the late 80s by a guy called Tom Stobart. And the thing that I liked about it was it wasn't ginormous, and we might refer to uh, the ginormous Alan Davidson a little bit later, but it was so accessible and it gave you just – if you needed to have your curiosity sated, you could just go – and do that, but the other thing that was beautiful about this book was how you could just meander through it.
3: That was the idea. I, I guess my tone is like we're talking now. I didn't want a highbrow language, you know. Uh, I, I didn't want it to be full of big words and articulated in such a way that you know the the cook at home was left struggling to understand, having to work through my lexicon. I didn't want that. I wanted something that you. As you said, a quick reference guide. If you mm. you didn't have to open a laptop or pull your fa- phone out and um, Google search stuff, which is fine to do. But then again, you get a whole bunch of references. Yeah. If you Google, you'll get some ten thousand references on on uh, aquafaba. Say. Yes, yes. And I just wanted a really quick reference guide. I wanted something that was in your cookbook. It made your cookbook collection make sense, if you will. You know, from around the world, whether you're using books from America or from the UK, and with all their you know, um, weights and measures and interpretations on cups and, you know, um, that sort of stuff. And I just wanted it to sort of be the glue with all your other cookbooks, if you will.
0: Oh, that's good. That's good. I like that.
3: No, And and also,
0: we should actually – I would like to acknowledge also that fact that you have put this really, really useful part of the book as to – how to deal with all these differing weights and measures. It's like especially trying to deal with American recipes and when they think (laughs) about butter, because who knows what a bloody stick of butter is? Answer it's it's less than what you buy at a supermarket.
3: Exactly. We don't have an equivalent. Yeah. I mean, it's 125 grams. I was going to say 120.
0: There you go. Boom. Yeah.
3: You know, and and we don't have that equivalent. And, and Americans are very big on cup measurements, uh, dry weight and wet weight. Mm. There's a lot of cup, cup of a cup of beans, a cup of almond meal, a cup of cornstarch. Yep. Um. Even Ooh, the, the interpretation of cornstarch, is yes. you know can be can be interpreted differently. Yeah. So there's an extensive list of cup measurement breakdowns, mm. uh, as well as um, you know um, UK imperial measurements. Um, you know, uh, oven temperatures from gas settings through to Celsius Fahrenheit, a full list of Fahrenheit Celsius measurement uh, breakdown, sorry, and also a, quite a, con, um, a full list of additives from the Australian New Zealand Food Authority. Uh, oh, that's so right. Yeah, you put that, that in there as well. Yes. Yeah, so if you are, you know, inclined – so inclined to look at the back of a label and go, what the heck is 407A? Mm. Uh, Then you don't have to Google that. You'll just pick up the book and have a quick look and go, my God, I could die. Yes. Um, do throw that out. Drop it. (laughs) Put down the
0: anti-caking agent. Um, Uh... Was was there any sort of uh, the references that you put in there that you hadn't known before that sort of did the author startle itself?
3: Oh, often, oh, cool. this is one of these. This is one of these works. I think anybody who's written any sort of uh, factual book uh, to any degree will realize that the more you've written, the more you researched, the more you don't know. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. well versed in food after 35 years, but even coming away from this book, I just feel like an idiot. Mm. Like I really, I, I, you know, there's obviously things I. You know, new ingredients that have surfaced. Um, you know, in, the way the ingredients have, uh, are done or or used, um, alternatives to those ingredients, uh, names of those ingredients, and that's why I write the book because I can't remember anything all the time. I'm 52, and my my memory's lapsing. And um, yeah. you know, someone might ask me, "Hey, Telford, what's uh, what's the you know the 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 core use of um." I don't know, using glass. Yes. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I've a, got, got a book here.
0: Yeah, forget the and Wagnalls. You look it up on the, in the, uh, the Tony Telford. <laughs> there we go. Uh, exactly. Anthony Telford is this man's name. The name of the book is The Kitchen Think. Um, it has been self-published, which I applaud you for. Uh, how do we get a hold of this book?
3: Uh, yes, uh, that'll be a website deal. Go to anthonytelford.com.au. Oh, that's easy. Uh, check yeah, it out okay. there. Yep. Uh, very easy to find. Uh, there's a whole bunch of platforms there, whether it be Barnes & Noble, Booktopia, Amazon. Oh, good. Uh, There's a whole bunch of links. You can just click on it, really simple. Click on whichever one you favor or you may have a personal account with, yes. and that will lead you to um, their platform, and you can just uh, buy it there. It's available in three formats I've decided to do. Uh, the paperback, which retails for about twenty-five dollars, you've got the hardcover, which is beautiful to hold mm. um, and colour on the inside, uh, retails for about fifty-five. And for those who have your electronic devices and are on the move, uh, there is the uh, ebook, which is cheap. I think it's about eight or nine bucks uh, for an ebook. Um, but all those are available, uh, and through my website. Yeah,
0: uh, well, Anthony, it's really, really great to chat with you again. This is a wonderful, wonderful little book, and uh, and one that I'm sure if you do purchase it, and one I recommend it. I don't know if Matt has because he hasn't seen it enough. Uh, But uh, if you do get it, is this book? I'm sure it's going to get very dog-eared, and you will return to it often. Congratulations.
3: Cameron, I really appreciate it. I appreciate the time and, and the support as well, especially when you self-publish. So, um, yeah, well you done, yeah. That was, that was had nothing else to do, so I might as well you know, learn how to do that as well. So yeah. um, now, you know, now ready get, for the next one.
0: Now get that mandolin out of the back cupboard. We want to hear a, a concerto next time we speak. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll do my
3: best. See you, Anthony. Bye. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.
0: There we go. The Kitchen Think, I'll say it one more time. Kitchen Wisdom, Anthony Telford. It seems pretty easy to find. If you can go... Booktopia and all that. And $8 on your e-reader, what a bargain.
2: Independently yours, Triple R. 102.7
0: Well, the first thing I need to do is thank you for that beautiful coffee. I'm at the coffee station here at uh, Tomato City of the Queen Victoria Market. A very, very beautiful and big g'day to you,
2: G'day to you, too. You're lucky you copped the coffee. I haven't got one yet. Really? I thought you said like, you had one already. I had one at home. Yeah. I don't normally have one at home. I'll wait yeah. till I get here. And where's that beautiful gold cup that you used to have? Uh, I think one went to heaven, and the other ones, I'm not bringing them anymore. Probably Sorry. a good
0: idea. Yeah, but I'm talking about the most beautiful gold lusterware cup I've ever seen. It was probably one of the most beautiful things It, it was a
2: Japanese-made cup made in the 60s when mm. we started to get a lot of... Um, cups and saucers from japan and really really well made they were pink purple white black on the outside and a beautiful gold inside and you felt
0: like re- um, royalty when you were drinking out of them yeah actually i might see if i can find that photo that i took of it all those years ago but we digress and that's my fault uh, entirely here we are, the last market report before Christmas. No sunshine. No sunshine. It looks like it's going to be a, um, a bit of a wet old day. But it is pleasant. The air is calm. Um,
2: it's not cold. It's not hot. So we'll take it as it comes.
0: Yeah, well, it's going to keep the, um, the fruit and the veg looking at their absolute peak um, at the moment. And um, I thought we'd do a bit of show and tell, or you thought you'd do some show and tell, And you brought this really knobbly. I want to start with the cucumber. That's cool. Yeah, go for it. Big knobbly thing. So, what does this look like? It's about the size of the old-fashioned cucumbers we used to have in length. Cucumber. Yep, Uh, the one that used to make you burp. Apparently, yes. Um, It sort of looks a bit like a gherkin, and then it's got sort of the knobbly bits on it. And I wouldn't say it's variegated, but there's different shades of green. It's not one yes, colour. Yes,
2: this, this one's never a dark green like a lot of the other cucumbers are. And we might even call this a Vietnamese gherkin because... Um, really? The Vietnamese uh, know it really well. Yes. And I had some um, uh, people from um, the Baltic countries know what it is as well. Yeah. Um, this is very good to eat in a salad when it's fresh. They're nice and sweet and crunchy. Not a lot of moisture. But they pickle really well. You make a quick pickle and, and they store well in a
0: jar. So this is one of those ones where you'd probably do the long batons maybe to, to pickle them.
2: Yeah, you could do that or you could slice it thinly like we always do with a cucumber. Yep. A Very quick uh, boil of water and vinegar, garlic and salt and pepper. What's your ratio? Do you like to do one to one-to-one? Uh, no, our vinegar's always very, very strong, so we do maybe yeah. a third.
0: Yeah, right, because um, I did, um, you know the last time, um, and there's none around, so I'm, I'm, I'm taking that the artichokes have finished. Yes, for I, now. I did a pickle of those with the little ones, Yes, and sort of one-to-one. Well, with artichoke, you need to as well, because oh, okay. they're a harder
2: um, texture. Mm. If you did that with a cucumber, maybe you might cook them rather than oh okay yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, well, these thistles, you've got to get through. It was pretty good, though, it had um, yeah, yeah. bay leaf. Oh yes, allspice. Oh yeah, bay leaf, allspice, and um, um, yeah, that was a bit of salt, obviously,
2: yeah. and sugar. We put sugar in the water as well. Yes, yes, L- okay. a little bit of sugar. It was good. So you know, uh, but uh, so how uh,
0: much are these? Are these, super these are
2: six a kilo um, when they're really uh, pristine and and small, uh, about eight nine dollars a kilo. Yeah, you've got to look for them. They're not real common, which is tragic because we can't always get the gherkin cucumbers, and this is the next best. It like some girth, has not it? Yes, it does. Girthy. It's nice and firm, too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Looking out. Um, <laughs> can I also compliment you on last week where you said, Cam, have a look at these. These are mini capsicums. And I went, are they hot, John? And you went, no, no, they're not hot. And they look like a jalapeno. Yeah, they look like they should be um, a hot jalapeno. <clears throat> I did some in um, a frying pan with a little bit of oil a fair bit of salt just sort of sprinkled on top, fried them up hard, I did, and um, and they browned off, and I might have stuck a little bit of water into the saucepan just to give a little bit of steam, just to get them cooked through, and then a little bit, just a bit more salt on top of that, so there were little flakes, and I had a beer with it, and I was having some bread, and I think I had some of those artichoke hearts we were talking about. It was the most beautiful little... Camo antipasto,
2: yeah, yeah skippy
0: that's, antipasto, yeah.
2: But no, no, that's 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 a beautiful peasant antipasto. Oh, you know, especially boy. with a crusty bread.
0: Yeah, um,
2: we, we got lucky. We took some home. We took all the colours. There's red. There's uh, orange.
0: And you still got some. Are you going to yeah. have them over the week?
2: We hope so. We'll see. Um, I'm sure that the sharks will jump on them early, and we'll see
0: if we can pick up some more as well. Yeah, because um, I reckon as so far as um, I can imagine, this on this would be great for Boxing Day. They would. Um, you
2: know, just you can to... even throw them on the barbie and warm them through. You wouldn't have to peel them. You can oh. eat skin and all. No, I was
0: doing that, and there's no seeds in them either. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so um...
2: and when they're a little bit bigger, the, say the girth of an egg, we we stuff them as well. And that's really easy because you... With what? Um, either meat or breadcrumbs, whatever you fancy. Yep. Uh, even rice. You know, you can stuff rice in them. Line them up in the baking dish, drizzle olive oil straight yeah. in the oven. Yeah. Roll them over once. Yeah. And they're done.
0: Right, and if you really want to get silly, you can put cheese in them. Either mozzarella or <coughs> goat's cheese. And then um, put them in a batter and and have them as these.
2: And what about Gorgonzola?
0: Oh my lord, dolce or uh, the um, Which maybe one? dolce? Yeah, because okay. you know there's two different types, yeah. don't you, folks? All right, so there we go. And talking about
2: pickles and barbecues and stuff, yes. we got these baby eggplants. Yes, um, these are about six or seven centimeters long. So they look like a ram's testicle. <laughs> <laughs> I fear I'll tell you a story
0: about that. Uh, Maybe a bit small. Depends on the ram. But I don't know. It's just the way you're holding them. I don't know. You're cupping them so gently. I am not Greek. Take it easy. <laughs> well, I didn't say that. Hey! Sorry. Sorry, uh, Greek. Don't do that, please. One last ram. <laughs> okay. All right.
2: All right. Now these are beautiful because they're nice and small. They're firm. You cut them in half oil them from on a barbie or we like to cut them in half you you scoop out the insides you chop that up you make your um breadcrumbs tomatoes onions and Mm. parsley garlic and um put it all together shove it back into the eggplant Um, a little bit of uh, bread crumbies on top and a little bit of cheese into the oven yeah. and they, they brown up beautiful. Oh, wow. And, and that's my favourite because you pick them up and they're like a boat and you eat them. But my father used to hate them, so you know, <laughs> we, we'd make some just for me and mum, and um, daddy'd eat something else. Oh,
0: but, I could just imagine Joe, God bless you, Joe, up in the sky, he'd be going, What are you eating that for? <laughs> yeah, definitely.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, so that, that's, that's a
0: beautiful thing to do. Yep. So,
2: now I've got a trick question for you.
0: What's this? All right, well, um, he's um, holding something very obvious to me. It looks like the stem of something related to the lily, uh, also known as, here we go, waiting for the buzzer. It's asparagus. What else could it be? It's a gift from God. Oh, it's a gift from... Fell into that one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I did say (laughs) I got to... I know I'm a bit tired. (laughs) It's right. a gift from God.
2: Now, this is as thick as my thumb, and I've got big fingers. Yep. Um, and it's longer than my hand span, and my hand span's about 10 inches. Yep. So that's what, about 25 a rule of centimetres a rule of ruler length. Yeah, a little bit. Very, very tight bud. Now, traditionally, Jesus, asparagus finished the 1st of November. No, it asparagus is. Asparagus finished. Yes. Cherry start. Yeah. Is this been jura? No, this is from Kui oh. Now... They've they're, uh, extended their growing season by better techniques.
0: Yeah.
2: And I'm told that um, next year when we come back, we'll have Mildura a new season. So th- that's definitely a gift from God. So we could uh, call this, this is the
0: Jesus asparagus. Definitely.
2: definitely. Yes, okay. um, and, and they've been beautiful. Um, Franca's been chopping them up into small bits and frying them, and Joseph got upset. So the other day we left them all. <laughs> And we threw them into the fry pan, and I turned up the heat.
0: There's always someone getting upset about the food at your place, (laughs) isn't there? Well, you know, know, we should be grateful because (laughs)
2: even though we're we're passionate, like you said, Mm. we're very lucky because, you know, we cook everything. We cook everything the way we like. We cook everything the way someone else does it, just to see. So, you know, we're always grateful. But we did them whole, you know, just a little bit of olive oil, turn up the heat. When they browned on one side, we rolled them over again and, and they had a little bit of crunch, a lot of juice and a lot of flavour. Mm. And it sat really well beside the beautiful steak and mash and stuff that we were eating.
0: Oh, I love so. it. I reckon One of my favourite things is just cook the, the asparagus through. However, steam, boiled, um, lightly f- um, fried and fry steam in the Italian way, which is one of the best ways to do to do veggies but then as you say a little bit of olive oil a little bit of salt and also maybe a little bit of grana on top and you don't need anything else it's great
2: do you remember how the old Aussies used to cook them they they had a special pot but it worked because they put it in very quick (coughs) pulled it out and then either they made a cheese sauce or Mm. just a a little dressing on them and it worked you know without cooking the bejeevas out of them
0: yeah, I still reckon the just the fry and a little bit of olive oil and a little bit of um, a little bit of water just to provide that steam is yeah, definitely a, a real beauty. Um, so okay, so we've done more that. I've got already. one more. Um, in that, um, I've got some mignonette lettuce here. Mignonette is a relative to the butter lettuce. They're both sort of related. They're small. Yes. They're 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 not a tight lettuce. They're quite open. Um, very soft and very sweet. Very soft. They take a really beautiful, creamy vinaigrette. So if I'm going to do a, a salad dressing, I'll put a little bit of French mustard in it to give it that cream. But what I love about it is just this soft texture. It's so much nicer than coral lettuce, which I think yeah. is the worst lettuce in the world and should be banned. You but cook coral lettuce. That's about it Yeah, All yeah that's, that's probably good. good. You yeah, throw it to the flames. Yeah, good idea. But underneath, this has been grown... It's got soil in it, so it's not completely hydroponic. But my point that I'm getting to, and it's taking a while, sorry, folks, is you can get this thing home and just stick it in a glass of water on the counter, and it's a beautiful thing to see, and it will remain growing, and it will
2: stay good. Yes, yes. And Uh, if anything, it'll crisp up again. Yes. Yes. So
0: it's like, even though it can go soft and fall over, if you have this root ball underneath... You're sorted.
2: Yes, definitely. It's like it's it's going to look after you. Definitely, and you pull out the outer leaves and keep
0: picking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, how much are they? Three dollars each. Yeah, they're awesome. So that's uh, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, we better get to pick of the market for the last time of the year, John. Well, as we're blessed with the asparagus, <laughs> you definitely. You mean the gift from
2: God? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You definitely need the asparagus. <laughs> you come we, with we, that? We've got these beautiful Lebanese cucumbers, which really make the salad with the. Yes. the Beautiful tomatoes. We've got about 20 varieties of tomatoes today. Yeah. Oh, here's your rude tomato of the week.
0: Yeah, Joe, you already showed me that <laughs> one.
2: Yeah, uh, it's a double one. It's... It looks
0: like a duck. Oh, yeah, there we go. It just Sorry, John, showing me rude, mutated um, uh, tomatoes. Yeah. We've been doing this for 20 years. Yeah, yeah. so
2: um, yeah, we've got a myriad of beautiful tomatoes to go with the beautiful cucumbers, and even with the um, um, strange-looking cucumber that we were talking about before. Yeah. Uh, we've got beautiful Victorian garlic, South Australian garlic we sold out of. Um, we've got beautiful rocket and spinach to make your salads look a little bit different and a little bit stronger, because mm. rocket will give you that little bit of bite. And even the radicchio, which is good for you, a few red leaves in the
0: salad, um, give you that crunch and colour.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, or, 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 or one of my favourites, just radicchio, orange, red onion. Beautiful, and, and it really cleanses the palate as it's well. It's great, yes. And, it,
2: and even if you're over full, it, it settles the stomach down a little bit mm. and gets everything working properly, and it's good for your health as well, for yep. gut health. Yep. Again, we've got everything. Everything's fresh. The zucchini are pristine. Capsicums are beautiful. They're coming down a little bit. We've got seven. You can buy cheaper around the market. Yeah. We've got some lovely basil out there to go into your summer sauces and into salads and things. Uh, what can I say, as usual, come and have a
0: look. Pick the eyes out of the market, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Uh, get here before Christmas. Uh, just again, you're going to be open Tuesday. Wednesday's going to be open, yeah? Yes,
2: we're going yeah. to do Tuesday, which we don't normally do. Yeah. Wednesday, which is never a market unless it's Christmas. Yeah. We're going to do Thursday. And Friday, whatever's left over, we'll sell Friday. And then we're going to have a couple of weeks break and and uh, enjoy ourselves a little bit as well.
0: Well, a Merry Christmas to you, all the family. Thank you for keeping us informed, especially through these times.
2: Yeah, Uh, even though it's been hard, we've had a a lot of fun talking about the beautiful vegetables. It's made us all feel a little bit better, a little bit healthier. Mm. So, yeah, that's what it's about.
0: It sure is. Well, Merry Christmas.
2: Thank you, John. We'll see you in the new year. Yes, I wish everyone a uh, good Christmas and good health. Triple R-, R. Hey, look at my glasses. Hey, sorry, Jimmy. Right. Yeah, like what sort of drink you want?
0: Song. What sort of don't like drink you, it you want? Make it a double. Yeah. yeah. Stop playing that piano. Like Let's drink. Cheers. That is, that is, gentlemen. Oh, and. Goodness gracious, man! it Gives me just a beautiful feeling in the in the cockles, all the sub cockles, <laughs> uh, to uh, play that theme and introduce for the last time this year, for the last segment of Eat It for this extraordinary year. We welcome my good buddy Sebastian Rayburn. Matt, hello. That was a so, uh, so, pleasure to be here. Hey, buddy, where are you?
4: I am down in uh, not remotely sunny Geelong. Actually, are you outside somewhere <laughs> taking during this call? Uh, no, I have I have some shelter, but we are uh, yes. we are out and about organizing a few last minute Christmas things. As I know, many people probably are.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Well, uh, for a lot of people, that's only just beginning the the horrendous glide slope to Christmas Day. <laughs> well, it, it's like everybody's sort of waiting to just get Christmas. Lunch over and done with. That's what everybody wants. That's what they all want.
4: They want to. They want to get to the leftovers.
0: Yeah. That's yes. That's it. Going into the <laughs> fridge while with the the tracky suit on and going. Yeah. Don't have to do anything else. But uh, what an work ex- is done? Yes. What an extraordinary year you have had. There's been a few some some great highs. It's
4: it's a it's it's been such a a, a tumultuous couple of years i mean i think everyone will yeah yeah you know, t- testimony to that you know but we've been you know i mean firstly we've been able to keep making stuff you know which is incredible you know obviously mm. uh you know in the, in the whiskey world with ned we've, we've put out you know i think we actually put out five new products this year which was amazing and we, we got some some gold medals for some of our whiskeys which was incredible yeah, congrats our, on that Ned Wanted series. And then we've actually – we also got the Grain Shaker sort of micro distillery open down at Welcome to Thornbury. So we've got a venue there called The Distiller, which we managed to sort of open and then have to close and go through the joys of COVID. But it is open, and we've got it out there, and we've put – we've actually oh, – Cam, I know you haven't tried this yet, but we've done a blood orange vodka that is just – I have tried yes. Oh, it's to die for. Yes. It's so good. And if anyone's last-minute Christmas shopping – Down towards Thornbury and Northcote, Mm. uh, head on in and pick up a bottle, um, which is lovely. And then, you know, obviously down in Geelong with Anther, we've sort of mostly been open, which has been great. Um, You know, we haven't had any sort of COVID challenges and we've got a really, you know, good small team of people who have, you know, stuck by us, which I know in hospitality, you know, it's been... Incredible, you know. There's so many friends of mine that talk about the fact that they're running reduced hours or not open certain days. Or people are back on the pans. Oh, they're absolutely back on the pans.
0: Back on the pans.
4: Yes. Because it's just. I mean, I I think in one sense it makes potentially things harder for a lot of hospitality operators, but also possibly, I think, to a if you. I've seen a lot of venues where actually the service, the food, the attention to details got better. Mm. You know, like there's a certain – the people who are there, who are still there, are the people who want to be there and are, are genuinely passionate about it. And and I've also noticed – and there are exceptions, we've got to call that out – but but also a lot of the customers – just are so happy to be able to be out and about and, and isn't isn't that great something.
0: when we see that is actually um, appealing to the better angels of ourselves and there in are, a way I even though we've no. seen the oh, – the, <laughs> no, we've seen – look, we've seen a lot of the opposite, Seb. We really, really we have. We do
4: because they're the ones that sort of get on social media. But sure. the reality well, – the There's reality.
0: a noisy minority, Seb, but they there's – most of the people out there are good people, but – Here's on the other side of that coin I saw, which just chilled me, where I saw a, a sign for a restaurant that said, Chef needed, no experience necessary.
1: Woo!
4: <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> really? Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, I I mean, I know behind the bars people are doing more batching, more press. Yes. Oh, you yes, know so yeah. cut those things out so cam i thought i would touch base today with one of my favorite punches of all time christmas is coming it's not, there's nothing it's better not blow your skull off is it it's not the blow your skull off is it the regents <laughs> it is well it's it's related to the regents okay. it has a lot of similarities it comes from the same era yes it's generally known as the west india punch
0: all right here we go do we need um, uh, do we need a piece of paper and a pen
4: well – are you going to post it somewhere? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. Because really? Because it's – the thing I love about a punch is that it is all about flavor. You don't have to necessarily follow a recipe. This one's not baking.
0: So you can, this it, is it, like yeah, This isn't shortbread, sauce. yeah, or a, or a right. souffle. Okay, yep.
4: Yep. Point and taken. You can start, start with a jug or a big bowl, and you make up a little bit of strong green tea. What? Not too much. A little Str- bit of strong green tea.
0: You mean, you mean strong green tea, that where you actually yeah, yeah. leave it in your bag of bitterness. For, for more than 30 seconds so you do get the tannins and the bitterness? The
4: way I like to do it hmm. is to use more tea than I need, but still do the shorter infusion. Okay. So you're getting just that little hint of tannin, but you're not getting that long, intense bitterness. Thank you. And then, so originally you'd you'd, you'd dissolve in a little bit of guava jelly. So oh, preserved. I've got know, some of that. I jam. have now, some of that at the back of the fridge. Yeah, that's right. It's not a common ne- one. Ne- but, next to the turtle yeah. soup, yes. <laughs> but um, one of the things that I know from experience that is really good replacement is actually apricot jam. Yay! Cross out guava apricot. Yeah, yeah, that's okay, right. Yeah, okay. And and then the original recipe called for brandy, rum and whiskey.
0: Oh, the holy trinity for them. Christmas. But- yes.
4: For me, Thank I've actually been playing industry. around. Yeah. I've been playing around with whiskey and gin.
0: Okay, cross that out again. Or
4: <laughs> rum and gin, you, so you can you can sort of play around. You need something that's going to give you a bit of weight. So
0: which, and, know, and that's so the, the rum. Difference.
4: Yeah, we, or rum or whiskey, anything that's got a bit of weight, a bit of oak to it. Yes. Also the brandy, but then you need something that's going to brighten it up a bit. So for yeah. me, like I said I like a splash of gin in there. Also, <laughs> if you've got hold of one of those blood orange vodka bottles, that are be genius in there as well and you want this mixture to be strong and intense you want it almost like a like the intensity that you might get from an old-fashioned right so this is mostly just sugar and booze and then we get a bit more sugar in there because obviously we get a little bit from the from the from the apricot jam but we need a bit more so get a bit more sugar in there
0: are we using caster sugar because it's easy to dissolve
4: that's what I like to do because the less work on Christmas, the better. <laughs>
0: Thank you. So maybe have some um, caster sugar. Don't try because you're going to be stirring a lot more if you have a raw sugar. Even though that right. might be your jam, so to speak.
4: And you want to make it just a tiny bit too sweet, mm-hmm. and then ah, yes. we're going to add we're going to add some limes. And with this, you want to add sort of maybe one part lime to three or four parts of this spiritus mix. So you're going to – and that lime juice, but also we want some of the peel. What so a, you can either grate the peel off or, or, or slice some peel off and just drop that straight in hmm. and then put the juice of the lime in. And you want to get that nice little zing hmm. and you want it just a tiny bit sharper hmm. than you're going to want it a tiny bit sweeter. So, again, you know, you can just mix and add a bit and add it's, a bit or take yes. – You know, don't follow and, the recipe. And then let it cool. Uh-huh. Pop it in the fridge or or wherever, yes. Yes. And then when it's time to serve, depending on who your guests are, you know, either add a bottle of you know sparkling water, yeah, or a bottle of champagne, whichever way you want to go with it. And and really, that's that's the key. And what
0: about um, what about a bottle of uh, prosecco in there? Oh, beautiful! Because especially one of those ones that sort of you know has that appley, lovely fruit forwardy sort of look about it. it.
4: you want something that's going to liven it up mm. so something with some bubbles with a bit of spritz and zing to it you know because you've got this beautiful sort of heavy spiritous mix that's you know with with the apricot and the green tea and the spirit it's very satisfying oh, how much? but then you want to you know give it this bit of zing because you know fingers crossed we'll get a little bit of sun yes. you know towards christmas and i mean this is even though it's got a lot of dark spirits it's incredible with seafood it goes amazingly with turkey and it's it's been a bit of a, a standard for mine for a while and that you know honestly spirits green tea apricot jam and fresh lime and then just charge it up either like I said sparkling water or or, uh, or, or some bubbly wine and it's just and it's actually it's pretty easy to balance so you know, if it's a bit too sweet add a bit more booze yeah you know if it's a bit too boozy add a bit more sweet you know and if if the sweetness lingers too long in your mouth Make it taller and longer with more 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 fizz.
0: Yeah, it sounds good. Um, a forecast for Saturday the twenty fifth at the moment is twenty nine degrees and partly cloudy.
4: Well, this will go down a treat, and oh. you can either just have it like a punch in a punch bowl. Yes, and there's a few rules to that, which I'll come back to. Or you could just uh, you know make it in a jug, and then uh, you could actually pour it into some big goblets. Add ice and charge it with the the bubbling wine in the goblet to have it like a like a beautiful Christmas spritz. And I'm am
0: um, seeing spears of mint going through there oh, as well.
4: Glorious. Yeah, and, glorious and fresh fruit. I mean, mangoes are in season. You know. Oh my god, mangoes with apricot green tea. You know, and and whiskey. That, you know, what's what's not to like? Sounds, you know. A... So <laughs> there already sounds good um, to if, me. If do it if you do it like a punch cam. Mm. There's a couple of rules. What's that? Firstly, you may never fill your own cup. Oh. Someone okay. always right. has to fill your cup for you. So, so if you're thirsty and everyone's waiting. He, uh,
0: elbow them in challenged. the ribs. <laughs> That's okay. right.
4: Yep. Yeah. And the other rule yes. of a bowl of punch yes. is, that, is that it's a convivial thing. It's about friends getting together <laughs> and about community, <laughs> which means that once you start one, oh, no one's allowed to leave until you finish it.
0: Oh my god. Okay, even in the That's the rules. All right. <laughs> wow. Okay, that's that's good. So share well. So share don't, well. don't be like Gollum and go my precious and and run off with the punch bowl. That's very bad. No, bad, no, that's very bad. Bad form. Bad form <laughs> or hide up on the top of the roof. Uh and uh, but yes, uh responsibly uh drink that, but uh yes, it is a wonderful thing to put together and to share together. Thank you so much for that Seb.
4: Uh, a pleasure, Cam, and I, I hope I hope we'll be, you know, sharing some cups together soon. Who
0: knows? We might have a guest in the studio one day. It'd be, I know. <laughs> be lovely. Don't worry. You'll be called upon to be one of the first, believe me. All right, we better go. Many thanks, thanks, thanks. Seb, and uh, a huge and wonderful New Year to you and Dervla. And, and to you, you dear Matt listener. Matt. See, oh, see you, Seb. <laughs> thanks, Sorry, mate. Sorry about that. I thought Matt already pulled you down. No. Uh, Thanks again, Seb. Thank you, listeners. Uh, Thank you for being a part of this show and uh, tuning in on Sundays.
1: Now, you you should say, like, uh, uh, in a couple of weeks, Cam, you're back for the Eater Beach Shack. I am indeed, with the uh, lovely Kent. Get through the uh, Christmas period or the holiday period, however you spend it, and then uh, you can tune back on. So it's coming up next on Chabla.